Welcome to the Next Level Healer, where we explore all things energy healing, practitioner-related, conscious living, and wellness. I am so happy to be back with you guys. How are all my friends doing today? (laughs) It's been a really action-packed half of the year of 2021. I have not been on here so much, but I have been recording like crazy. I am so happy to have just completed the very first round of the Next Level Healer coaching certification program, where I took my first group of students through Everything I've learned in the last 26 years about energy healing, I compiled that and curated that for my students to give them an overview of where we are with energy work now in the world that we live in now, what works, what doesn't. I took all the techniques that I have learned over these decades and I organize them in a way that presents them to the students so that they can see what resonates with them and what works for them. And then for the ones who were ready, we went on to how to hold space online virtually to do energy healing sessions, remote intuitive work, and coaching. I have had such a great time putting this program together And love this first round of students so much for their gracious, adventurous spirit. (laughs) They allowed me to put this content up with them and to experiment. And they were a part of this great adventure with me. So I just want to say thank you to this first round of graduates who are completing the Next Level Healer. The good thing is... I'll continue to add to all the modules. And if you've ever wanted to deepen your understanding of energy healing and how to be your own healer, or if you're a hands-on practitioner and you just want to expand out into serving your clients virtually, either by phone or Zoom or Skype, I have technique for you. I have perfected that technique over the pandemic when we were shut down and we couldn't do our sessions in person anymore. So I can teach you how to do that. And I also have my shamanism course, Expanding Sacred, that is all about connecting to all the realms of nature and harmonizing ourselves with all of our relations in every kingdom to be more effective at life. You can check out my courses at my website, evangelinehemrick.com. You can go to Teachable, where I host my courses. They're all there. Or on Instagram at Evangeline Hemrick. In my profile, there are links to all of my classes. My goal has been to make this virtual space as intimate as possible, to give you an experience and lots of hangout time with me. I did not want to do anything online that felt any less than the authenticity, the real true connection that I've always had teaching live classes. And I'm pretty excited about it. So I just wanted to tell you all that because that's where I've been. 
I've certainly been recording a lot, just not out in the public. And now I'll be back with consistency because my modules are done. The information is there and we'll be opening registration for enrollment this fall, probably around the fall equinox. So if any of that training speaks to you, come and join our community because that's what I really want to do is create a strong community of healers that lift each other up and support each other and have my ongoing support for their practices and for their own personal healing as well. I am very excited to share this interview with you today. Kip Winslet, human design consultant extraordinaire. I love talking to him. He's brilliant. And I want you to stay with it. When he starts explaining human design and he gets into genetic code and proteins and chakras and hexagram and all this stuff, it can feel overwhelming. But I'm here to tell you, you can go at your own pace and you can learn this valuable information that will change your life. It's accessible to everyone and it's beneficial to everyone. I have used human design in my healing practice with my clients since about 2010. I think that's when I started studying and learning about human design. And it has made the biggest difference in the lives of my clients and how their awareness of how their own energy works and how unique they are. And we are all puzzle pieces. The other thing that I really love about human design is it brings compassion for the differences. We are not all here to have the same strengths. We are not here to do the same things. We are here to complement each other. When you start to look at how we are so unique in our blueprint and our creation, It is so fascinating how it will light up your life. It will make you understand the people around you so much more. It will give you an advantage in all your work situations and every bit of communication that you do in your life with loved ones, family members, and colleagues. I can't say enough good things about it. And I wanted to bring him on because he is so brilliant in explaining how human design works, and he has such a heart for it. He's so warm and approachable, and so you might decide that you want to do a session with him and delve deeper into the treasure chest of who you are. What better thing to focus our attention, time, and energy on than uncovering our hidden gifts, talents, and all those things that we're born to do while we're here. I love it so much. So thank you, Kip, for being on the podcast. A couple things I wanted to go over that he mentions quickly is the founder and creator of human design. His name is Ra Uruhu, and I'm going to give you lots of links where you can go if human design is intriguing for you and you want to learn more. You truly can teach yourself so much. There's so much free information that you can study on your own. And then when you're ready, you can have a professional guide like Kip who can really take you to the next level. Another person that is in human design that Kip refers to is Cheetan Parkin. And he was actually the first 
person who wrote a book that I came across, and I think the book is free as a PDF. I'm going to put Cheetan Parkin's book in the show notes. I believe it's just called Human Design. Best brief summary of all the gates and channels. And what I suggest you do is get your body graph at any free human design website. There's so many, and I'll list my favorites for you, but you can just search human design and go from there. Get your profile and get a book like Cheetan Parkin's book on human design that specifically covers gate by gate channel by channel, and you're on a treasure hunt, the treasure hunt of you (laughs) to uncover all of your hidden talents and strengths and ones that you might know about, but need to hone in on and, and enhance even more. So you can start there, but I did want to refer to those two names that he's going to mention and just stick with it. Don't let it feel overwhelming. I will be studying human design mine and the designs of others for the rest of my life. If you are a geek like me and you love learning about healing and you love learning how energy works, this is going to be so fascinating for you. So enjoy. And one other thing I wanted to add before we get started with the interview is we do segue into a discussion about peyote, which is a cactus medicine that is used in sacred ceremony. He, he opens his heart and gives the most beautiful story about a peyote experience that he had. And I really wanted to include it because I do feel like it ties back into human design, taking the life experiences that we have and utilizing them to the fullest and making our own, making our way, making our own medicine, taking challenging situations in our life and getting the most out of them, but it's a very touching story. And in upcoming podcasts, we're going to talk more about sacred plants and plant ceremony. But I did also want to give you Kip's Instagram right up here up front, because if you go to his profile on Instagram, you can go straight to his website and find all the different types of readings that he does. His Instagram is human design systems pro. And his name is Kip Winsett. I want to get that right. (laughs) And he is a licensed human design analyst and trainer offering so many helpful readings. And I do hope you'll look him up and reach out to him. Enjoy the interview. Okay. Hi, everybody. It's such a pleasure to be here as a guest on Evangeline's podcast. She is, and I'm sure you know, this, just an amazing woman, incredibly sensitive and gifted, able to see the energies of others. I mean, come on, that's pretty far off. When she described it to me, it wasn't, it wasn't even vague. It was crystal and clear. So as she said, I'm going to talk about human design. Now, look, there are a lot of different ways you can listen to another person. So right now, I'd like to invite you to listen to me in a specific way. And it's really easy. So if you can just close your eyes now, take a few relaxed, deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, you know, just sort of soften and relax. Now keep your eyes closed. And in your mind, you can, you can just watch me. You can see me 
You can imagine it any way you want the whole time I'm talking. You know, it was your favorite animal or a wizard or whatever, a grasshopper, whatever you like, just sort of like watching a movie. Okay, you can do that for as long as you want or as little as you want. Here we go. I'm going to start just with a little uh, blurb about what is human design. There's a lot that I can say about this, so I'm going to keep it kind of short. What I find and why I was so attracted to it and why I've been using it so long is that it's just such a fabulous system that you can use to look at yourself in a more complete, a more expanded, and in a more whole way. It helps you develop a, a platform for successful, self-reflective consciousness. And that's something that's simply fundamental to self-actualization, to becoming the best you that you can be. You have to be aware of yourself, conscious. Human design was put together as a synthesis. Now, synthesis is not just combining things. It's creating something new out of the existing parts. Ra, the man who invented it, used astrology, the I Ching, which is the Chinese book of changes, 3,000 years old, the Hindu chakras, and the Kabbalah. Those were his reference points for ancient wisdom. He included in that, in that mix, modern science of uh, astrophysics, primarily the phenosphere. Uh, he came to understand something about this that was years ahead of its time, and really is, is what holds it all together. And genetics. Interestingly, you, the Yi Ching consists of 64 hexagrams. I know each one of those is made up of six lines. Now, it, DNA consists of 64 codons made up of six amino acids. So there's an interesting uh, congruency there because we sort of use the 64 gates of the I Ching as the psychological framework. Now, one of the big, huge differences between human design and any other astrology type system is that we do two different times. We can do two different sets of calculations. Um, one for the behavior that's conscious and one for that's unconscious. And that's not conscious and unconscious behavior. That's not a breakthrough concept. It's as old as uh, nature versus, in fact, it really isn't just the nature versus nurture argument. The thing is that human design actually accounts for it by doing two different sets of times. The first calculations are done when you're, the moment you're born, when you come out of your mother's womb. And then another set is done for a, a, a time, about, it's about three months, 88 degrees before you were born. This is when the neocortex turns on with a burst of information that's uploaded into throughout your, remember, you're just a, a little speck, a little, you know, six-month-old fetus into your brain, into the neural patterns. It helps build the neural patterns that are going to be accessible to you. We don't get to have every possible thing under the sun. It gets distributed. So, the unconscious behaviors are the things that you bring in terms of your ancestry. 
And when I say ancestry, you know, I'm, I'm talking about your, your mother, your father, their parents, their parents, their parents, et cetera. But human design is actually built around in the, the behaviors that are emphasized, so to speak, in human design go back millions of years. These behaviors are behavioral strategies that have been part of us since we were primates. I mean, in some cases, they go back to the, the first mammal, the Purgatoria, 65 million years ago. If you think about that, that's really important. Everything you see in your chart, every behavior has been successful for millions of years. That's quite a thought. You get distributed some share of them. Uh, so when you're looking at your chart, when somebody is doing your reading, I don't care what they say. I, some readers are good, some are not. Some do the right thing, some don't. Just keep in mind, all of that stuff has been part of the makeup of human beings for millions of years because it's so effective. Otherwise, that, and that's what evolution is all about. If something is not effective in maintaining the species, it just disappears. Okay, so... One of the other things that I like a lot about human design is that behaviors don't exist in isolation. They interact with each other. I mean, you're not just doing, right now I'm talking and thinking at the same time. I'm using two very different behavioral systems to do that. Uh, I'm also gesturing. And my gestures are mine. They're coming out of me. So these behaviors, some from the body, some from the mind, some from the throat, they're all interacting at the same time. And hopefully I put them together in a cohesive fashion. Some people are not too good at that. So unlike most systems, human design really addresses that issue and shows you graphically. When you see a human design chart, you'll see, oh, this behavior is connected to that behavior, which is part of a group of similar behaviors that consists of A, B, C, D, various behaviors. That means that I'm able to bring into awareness, my awareness, how my behaviors are interrelated. How do my behaviors interact with each other to provide a more complex, more nuanced behavior? This is for me to look at. I mean, it's, you know, you're getting the benefit of it if you consider my talking to you a benefit. I, I like to hope <laughs> it is. But more importantly for me, when I'm looking at my chart, when I'm looking at somebody else's chart, I can see the connections between different behaviors, and I know what it means. Throughout the day, I can use that behavior. Over the weeks, months, years, I go back in my memories now from when I was very young. I go, oh my goodness, look what was, look, that is that behavior. Sometimes it'll take me 20 years. I'm, well, yeah, actually it did. It took me 20 years to recognize the specific behavior. Uh, I was told about it when I got my first reading 20 years ago, and it took me 20 years ago to understand. It took me 20 years to understand it, but I did. So I like that about human design too. I can 
just use it, it keeps on giving. There, there, so far, after 20 years, there's no end in sight. Every week, I discover, I become aware of, conscious of, some other aspect of behavior in myself. And it's because human design gives me a specific place to stand, to look at myself. For example, in human design parlance, I'm a projector. And human design says about that type that, oh, things will work better when I'm recognized by someone and then invited by them. Knowing this, now keep in mind, it doesn't have to be true. Knowing it gives me a place to stand to look at myself. I can pay more attention to my decisions before I act on them. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, God knows I made an awful lot of bad decisions that were spur of the moment. Oh, yeah, I think I'll do this. Oh, that didn't work out well <laughs> for me at all. Um, we have behavioral centers. And just a quick aside, the centers in uh, human design are from the chakra system. But they're actually based on the neural pathways and in neural um, science of the brain. Those clusters are called hubs. There are two types of neural hubs. One is somatosensory, and in human design, we have awareness centers. And in neuroscience, there are motor hubs. Oh, gosh, well, we have motor centers. So it's, it's very much connected to the underlying neural substrate of every human being. The more I see myself, that, and, and not just isolated stuff, but when I see things and I see how it fits in, how it, how it contributes to a part of me, the more I fill in the details of my self-narrative. You know, when I was 10 years old, I didn't have much of a self-narrative. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty darn basic. I'm a lot older than that now. I mean, I know you probably can't tell that, but I am. I'm, I'm older than that. And so my self-narrative is very complex. It's very nuanced. I have, over the years, become more myself. And I've been very fortunate in that for many of those years, even prior to human design, I, I actually have had the, the opportunity to participate in my becoming. Not just go through what everybody becomes, you become all kinds of, you become older, maybe you become wiser, maybe you become more empathetic, whatever. But when you come at things from a spiritual point of view, and spirituality has been part of my journey for many, many, many years, you have the opportunity to participate in that becoming, be conscious, to do it and get something out of it and know that you did it and got something out of it. Human design gave me a list of hundreds of behaviors to constitute me specifically. See, that's a lot of opportunities for self-reflective awareness. And there are techniques that, uh, you know, I use to increase the possibility, to increase the opportunity of being conscious. It's not an, it's not an easy thing to do. Gosh, I remember the first time I tried anything like that, somebody told me, hey, Watch the second hands on the clock. <laughs> Focus on it. Just that one thing. Holy cow, I thought it was so hard. But, you know, the more you do of anything, the easier it gets. And so interrupting yourself 
to take a snapshot of yourself, so to speak, to see what you're doing. The more often you do it, the easier it gets. And the easier it gets, the more you want to do it. It's like a, a feedback loop that gets set up. I got into human design in a very curious fashion. Uh, I had back problems off and on for years, and I was seeing a, a chiropractor. Whenever I'd have a flare-up, I'd go see him, and he was an applied kinesiologist, so he didn't actually crack bones. He did other arcane, shamanistic sort of things, shamanistic. And uh, I only went to him because I was in pain. I'd hurt myself. Now, it's very curious. When I got my human design, and I don't spend a lot of time looking at my own design. I look at a lot of other designs, but I do look at mine. I do study it, and I look at the resource material that I have, and I have a gate. Gate 46, and it's it's really quite delightful. It it has this sort of serendipitous quality of being able to put my body where it needs to be. My body just this is myself that does this. Just puts my body where, it, and you know what? It doesn't care how it gets me where I need to be. It doesn't care at all. If it takes pain to get me to where I have to be, then that's what it'll use. And so I went in to see this chiropractor, and he had recently come across human design. And uh, we chatted enough, you know, at other times that he thought I might be interested in, in, in it. And he said, hey, I'll tell you what, for 20 bucks, I'll give you this little short mini reading. He's, uh, he's got the line of greed. He had to be paid for it. So we went off for lunch, and he gave me, oh, I don't know, maybe 20-minute reading. And... I, I couldn't believe that he said some of the things he did. I, there's, there's no way, knowing my birth information, anybody could possibly know that about me. I mean, I've had uh, astrology readings from a half dozen people. They're okay, but I never had my mind blown. But this, yeah. And then he did me. Uh, he did me a real solid. It was fantastic. He referred me to Shaitan Park. Shaitan is a really. Uh, He's really quite an exceptional person. He's been all over the world. He's written three books. He has done more to advance human design than, than Ra ever did. Uh, Ra did a lot of talk, but human design is more than talk. It's also experience of having, being around Shaitan. Uh, he's just, he's a very kind person. He's really good at explaining human design. So I went and had a reading from him. It was a, a 90 minute reading. And I, you know, I said I was shocked at some of the things that my contractor told me. I was completely blown away by what Chaitan was saying. It was, it, it was just amazing. I truly, I, it, it was incredible. I couldn't believe some of the stuff he was telling me. I knew most of that stuff, but I never put it into words. How could somebody else put it into words? And then he told me some things about myself that I didn't know at all, but that explained Things that had always, I mean, I can't say that I questioned. They were just part of my life, but I, they were very weird parts of my life. And suddenly, oh, that's easy. It's because you're this way. Wow. I was, uh, I was so impressed by that. Well, the upshot of that was that, you know, I took a, the beginning class from him. Um, he offered it about a month later, about a month after he did my reading, and I took it with several other people. And out of that class, I was the only person elected to uh, go on and, and get licensed. And I, I went and spent a week in Taos, New Mexico, 
with Zeno, the only person in the country who was licensed by Rob Ackman to actually train human design analysts. And she's, uh, she was quite an extraordinary woman. And she had a, somebody, one of Ra's, she was one of her first, his, excuse me, she was one of Ra's first students here in the country as well as the only person licensed there. She had known him before, uh, having to do with Osho. So there's a lot of connections between the early people in human design that coming out of the Osho and coming also people from, uh, cause Ra went to Europe first before he came here. So a lot of connections there. One of the things that I want always to get across to people, and I tell them when I do a reading for them, if I'm teaching them, I really emphasize this. This is not a rule book. See, I'm, I'm not giving you a bunch of rules to follow at all. There's nothing in human design really that you even have to try to do. There's a level on which you can't avoid doing it. It's wired into you. Now, you can interfere with it. You can interrupt it. Uh, mostly what happens with people is that they just are, they're not in touch with it. And so they don't know when they're trying to, when they're trying to be conscious of themselves. There's, I mean, what do you want to be conscious of? Which part of yourself? What's important to be conscious of? Well, I always thought I am important. I, me, myself, I, whatever that is. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into making up a self. I thought that's what was important. And human design makes possible for me to be aware of myself, not myself, myself, on so many levels. It's kind of like it's an owner manual that describes um, who you are how you were genetically designed to operate. It's kind of like, you know, like for a car, here's the steering wheel to turn your vehicle to go where you need to go. Hmm. It's not saying you have to turn. I'm not even saying you have to use the steering wheel. Actually, the car drives itself for the most part, kind of self-driving car. But there are a lot of things, a lot of behaviors that you have that as you become aware of them and as you become as aware of the integration, you become more hopeful. We are in some very deep sense, very splintered, and a lot of journeying, whether it's through therapy, psychotherapy, or through uh, human potential. I preferred the path of self-actualization, but that's just one path. Um, you know, you can do it through meditation. There's all kinds of Taoism, Buddhism. I studied all, almost well, everything I've mentioned I studied at some point in time, and it, it does something. What I like about human design is that it really does a lot because it says you are, and it lists up if you get into it more than a hundred things, very specific. And it lists and shows you their interaction. I know I've, I've said this before, but it's really important. This is not something you have to do. I get really, um, so many people that read, they didn't get trained. 
And if they do get trained, they didn't get trained by somebody who really understood. If you come genetically wired with these behaviors, you don't really have to try to do them. You just have to quit interfering with them. And you don't even have to do that. You can interfere with them, just know what you're doing. It's an, you're, you're here to watch a movie in a sense. Oh, can Which I ask you something are. about that? I have, yeah, yeah I'd love yes. to ask you. Sure. Why uh-huh. does it seem like a lot of people have a hard time with their particular strategy? Is it because we're well, so conditioned to something not our own design? Uh, I, depends on what you mean by condition. Literally, everybody is conditioned from childhood on to behave in a certain way because otherwise we'd be living in bedlam. So we're all conditioned. Uh, is that conditioning going to be in alignment with your design? I don't know. could be. So you can't say it's a rule of thumb that people are doing this because they're conditioned. I was heavily conditioned in some ways. I, I lived in a tough household. Uh, yes, I learned behaviors. So that's operant conditioning. I was rewarded for certain behaviors and punished for others. That's exactly what operant conditioning is. But it didn't, it didn't make me not follow my strategy. It had nothing to do with that. It had a lot to do with how I behaved in certain kinds of situations. I had to be a good boy. <laughs> you know? And there were certain specifics about that. I had to get good grades. and I couldn't get too many um, bad marks for my deportment at school, you know. Mm-hmm. But... It, that had nothing to do with, with, deacon, with, with making me not follow my strategy. I think part of there's two parts to you to answer your question. There's two really good reasons. One, the way it's presented to them. A lot of times it's presented as a, in a very disempowering way. Projectors, oh, you have to wait to be invited. Uh, I had a student who was in a Facebook group and some guy on there was telling her, she said, Oh, I invited some friends over for lunch. I'm so excited. And he goes, you can't invite people over to your house for lunch. You're a projector. <laughs> That's not aligned with who you are. Oh no. Well, of course that upset her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a pile of, you know, <laughs> it's terrible, right? So, and I really go, I really try to explain the strategy to people. Are you, for example, as a generator, you're here, you're here to respond. Wow, respond to what? Do they tell you that? Well, maybe if you're lucky. But even if you're here to respond, then you're going to respond. I mean, if, you, if you're a generator, you're designed to respond. That's what you're going to do. Your gut is going to have a response. Oh, you didn't want to follow it? Well, don't. I don't care. But you can't complain later. <laughs> that you didn't get told that things would work out better if you did. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes total right. sense. If you don't get in your own way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, get it. And, and the other part comes up that people think that, oh, if I do what I'm told to do, if I'm a good boy, everything will work out just fine. <laughs> Listen, there's 7 billion people in the world to interfere with you. <laughs> Not to mention all kinds of things in your environment. There, nobody has a, a, a ticket that says everything you do will succeed. I don't care what type you are, manifester, manifesting generator, everybody, stuff goes sideways. You know, you move on. 
you you don't have to dwell on that. I, I, I two years ago I made a thirty thousand dollar mistake. I was invited. I was recognized. I was excited. My wife's a generator. She had something to respond to, and her response was a great big ah. We lost thirty thousand dollars on a business venture. All right. Well, that sucked. <laughs> but that's that's life. Yeah. So I told you this is not a rule book. I'm just telling you how you're wired. I'm telling you how the energy flows from this behavior with that behavior. Everything in your chart, every single thing in it, it doesn't happen sequentially. It's happening all at once. So when I talk about a human design chart, it's kind of like if I take an engine out of a car and I set it up on the workbench and I take it apart and say, oh, here's the carburetor, here's the manifold, here's the timing chain. And I, I tell you what those things are for. You see all these pieces sitting out there. It's not going to run. I just took it all apart. When it's all together inside you, it's all humming away. It's all running all the time. It's perfect. It's a perfect design. You wouldn't have gotten it. The centers through which you can be conditioned, there's nothing wrong with that. You have an opportunity. It's actually an incredibly powerful tool for being able to see when somebody's trying to deceive you by being able to predict in advance possible strategies. Hmm. But you don't have to do that. I like to focus on, look, start with getting conscious. Start with being aware of what you do. That's big. You know, that's a, that's a really big thing. Now, it's, I, I, when I work with people, I give them techniques for this because that's easy to say and it's not so easy to do. And, and you have to, you really have to fine tune it all. I wanted to say a little bit about the, um, how are we doing on time? We pretty, are we pretty good? Should I, do I need to, oh, I know we wanted, you wanted. Yeah. I'm just going to have to have you back because I could talk to you forever, but, um, you know, for the sake of the episode, like maybe like 10 more minutes, you know, and then we'll definitely have, okay. I hope to have you back. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about that adventure with, uh, when I was at the peyote meeting. I did. Yes. Shall I go ahead and do that? I would love for you to, because I, honestly, I could ask you questions till the end of time. So you share that and then I'm going to, I'm going to want to do so many more episodes with you. I hope. Okay. Well, you're lucky because I just happened to be wired to have the capacity to answer questions forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, many years ago, I was young. I was in my, Oh, I know what year it was. It was um, I was 25. It was a big deal. I just turned 25. It was a very special time. I was living up in Williams, Arizona, the gateway to the Grand Canyon. I had just uh, come out of an environment of having uh, made, uh, been involved in the human design potential movement at a, uh, was called a growth center. And uh, one of the people there wanted to go up there and start went and invited me to go with him. So I did. And it turned out not too far from there, maybe 30 miles was a, a Cherokee Indian who had built a big hogan. And uh, this is all very close to the Navajo Indian Reservation, very, very close, right on the, right on the edge of it. And he was, um, he was letting white people come to Native American church meeting. That's where you 
some of the Navajo elders would come and would do a church meeting. And that's what it is. You know, there's nothing uh, weird about it. Um, you sit in, the Hogan is a big round building with one entrance, which has to face east. And, uh, you know, they have paths, you know, you can get kind of comfortable there. They start off and tell you a little bit about fact they introduced the, the road chief and the fire chief and the water maid and all people that will be taking part in the, they call it a ceremony. And then they pass out uh, peyote buttons that they went to Texas to gather. And it's a very, it's a very, very alkaline. It's really bitter. It's really dries your mouth out. It's really kind of hard. To, uh, it's hard to eat and makes your stomach feel queasy. And then all that disappears and, and you're in a different space, completely different space. And I don't remember how long it takes, maybe a half an hour or something like that. And of course, the, the people that are leading this, the Indians, they know how long it takes. They've been doing this for a long time. And so one of them in there will get up, he'll stand up, and he'll tell you what the meeting is for. This is for so-and-so who's having a problem. The energy is for somebody else. And they'll list off a number of of people, somebody's requested that this, the energy from this meeting be allocated to some specific person. So we all have that intent in our mind. And of course, it's, <laughs> it goes out pretty quick because we're all pretty stoned by now. And I don't mean stoned in a let's have fun way. It's just uh, stoned and you can't hold on to your own self-narrative very well. That's not important anymore. Mm-hmm. What's important is the moment in front of you. So... Then that man starts to pray and he starts to pray for the people that he knows. And he starts to pray for the people in his community, his small community. And then he starts to pray for the Navajo people. And then he starts to pray for, you know, the people in government and the state of Arizona. And and by the time he's finished, and it takes him quite a long time, he's prayed for everything all the way up through the military, the CIA and the president himself praying for their well-being, for them to become wise, to exercise their wisdom, just praying for everything that you would want that we could live in a, in a good world, praying for the people to run the world, praying for them to be able to do the right thing, praying for all us little foot soldiers down here that we are able to do the right thing, that our life is blessed. Oh, it's just, uh, I I can't remember most of it because I just was swept away. I mean, just swept away on this tide of of sense, sensory, sensory input that was so powerful. The tone of his voice, you know, the timber, the pitch, the quality, the, the intensity, the mildness, the uh, humility, all of the, I mean, I could hear all of this was like, it, I, it, I was just enveloped in it. And this goes on, the, the meeting starts, oh, probably around eight o'clock at night, and it goes until dawn. And so different men have gotten up and prayed, and uh, the water maiden, her job is to go around and give people water every now and then. And actually what she gives you is peyote tea, <laughs> so you never come down. The whole time, you're just on this beautiful, uh, everything looks, 
beautiful. I mean, it was very humble. It was a dirt floor with, you know, some rugs on it. And it's not a, but it looks, everything, everything you hear and sense and feel, it's just beautiful. It's just like you're in, a, in a, an incredible space for hours and hours and hours. And you come out into the, the sun's just coming up in the east and the sky is this gorgeous color. And you're talking to some of the people, some of the Indians, you know, that help run that and, and help you have that incredible experience. And that's a real gift. They don't have to let white people come. You know, they've gone off the reservation to make it available. A very small number of people even knew about it to go there. I felt so fortunate. Well, a friend of mine had come up from San Diego and he went to it with me. And, you know, they, they, they give you food. I don't remember what it was. You know, pretty simple fare, fried bread, favorite with the, the Navajos. Anyway, it was, it, I remember it was, it was nice and I, talking to people was nice. I just felt so, so complete. It was just, I felt very complete. And it's time to leave. And so my friend and I got in the car and I drove us over to the house where I was living with my wife. And as we walked up to the front door, my wife came rushing out and said, oh my God, the police came. Your mother called and said your, your father had died. You have to go and call her right now. Whoa. I was, I talk about an abrupt change. And here's a little tidbit for you. This is a 10 channel, 1020 thing. So you might know what I'm talking about because you have that channel. It's a very abrupt shift. One minute you're here and the next minute, man, you are such a different space. Mm. And it's not a, it's not an, you don't transition. <laughs> it's just, Boom, here, not here, there. Uh, so I'm driving up there and I'm, I, I said to my friend, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, my dad and I weren't close, but I mean, it was my dad, but I just couldn't figure it out. I, did, I didn't know what to do with it. And I said, what am I supposed to do? And he said, I don't know. He had problems also with his dad. So he would, you know, he didn't know. So we got up to the police station. We didn't have a phone where I lived. And I got up to the sheriff's station actually. I, I told him I'm here because of blah, blah. And I said, oh, yes, here's the phone. You can use the phone. Even to make a long-distance call, they're really nice about it. And I called my mom and I said, oh, my God. So what, what happened? Tell me, how did he die? Said, oh, your dad died. I just said that so the police would find you and get you to call me. Oh, my goodness. I mean, talk about not knowing how to process <laughs> something. <laughs> What, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> really? <laughs> you told me that just so I'd call you? And you think I want to talk to you now? <laughs> so I hung up. I guess I did. I don't really remember. But yeah, I didn't want to talk to her. I mean, it was like, ah. We're driving back to where I live, the house. And my friend Hawk, I'm going, God. Can you believe this? And he's shaking his head. No, I can't believe it, dude. <laughs> I knew your mom was weird, but <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, I mean, in the, the space of a couple of hours, I mean, from the time I got out of that peyote to when I heard that, I mean, maybe an hour had elapsed. I, I, we sat around, the, just stood around outside and talked and drove back and all that. And by the time I heard, my dad had died. I went through just shock. 
my dad, I lost my dad. My dad died. And then, oh, he was miraculously resurrected. <laughs> Why did he die? Because my mother betrayed me. <laughs> betrayed my trust in her. <laughs> Not the first time, but this one was pretty big. I went through those things, boom, 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 after being in such a, a, a truly spiritual environment. All the care was focused on others, everything, everything, other, every other in the, in the entire country was being cared for at that place, deliberately, consciously. And now, holy cow, the only thing that mattered for one of, I can't even say it, it's just too much. It was just, uh, it was, that was a real 1020 event. It definitely was. Wow. When we talk again, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm getting a little, uh, you know, emotional about talking about this it was very powerful and now it's part of my self-narrative now i can't undo it i can't unsee it so what i do now is i go back in my memories and i look at how all of that played out i did get invited by this guy to go up and help him start a growth center up there which never did materialize but i had an invitation and uh, I got invited to go by him. He set it all up to go to that peyote meeting. And he recognized something in me. Actually, he wound up recognizing something in me that was amazing. He came up to me one day and said, you'd make a good systems analyst. I didn't know what that was, but that's what I, that was my career for years based on what he said. <laughs> he had a gift for that. Um, and so... I did things up there that I would, because I was, I, I did get invited to do them. I, I got help. I got mentored along the way of doing them, but not much. I had to take an engine out of a Jeep and put it back in. Oh my God. That was horribly hard. But I can see that my design was doing itself. My body took me someplace. I didn't really make a decision. I just went. I just, I'm, an, I'm a self-projector projector, so that's easy for me. But I did. I did get recognized. I did get invited, and I did do it. And it was, you know, it was fabulous. I had all kinds of amazing adventures while I was up there. I mean, literally, with rattlesnakes even. It was an extraordinary time. And I can see now, looking back, just how powerfully my design was playing itself out. And I wasn't, because of what I'd been doing before uh, in the human potential movement, I was inclined to trust myself. I, I wasn't inclined. I, I don't care what my conditioning was. It didn't matter. All my open centers were a blessing. So if people... Uh, if you could recognize that your design is happening right now. Look, you're here. You're listening. Why? Why did you come here to listen? Why did I get invited here? Well, because it works. <laughs> it's working for all of us. Our designs are playing out together. Yes, definitely. Which I think is pretty cool. 
I think that's pretty cool. Okay, that probably, uh, I mean, like, I, I could talk forever, but yeah, I know we have a time limit here. So I want to thank everybody who is listening to this. You have no idea how much I appreciate when people listen to me. I really like it a lot. It makes me feel really good to know people are listening to me. And Evangeline, thank you so much. You're such a delightful woman. I'm just so happy to uh, have been invited here to, to be on your podcast and talk with you. And I look forward to doing it again. I look forward to it very much. I loved it. And I, I find it fascinating. And you shared so many perspectives that I can benefit from. And why don't you tell our listeners how it's best to find you? I know you have a website, you have Instagram. So let them know where they can find you if they want to learn more or possibly have a session. Okay, well, you can find me easiest on uh, Instagram. You know, you just do a search on Human Design System Pro. That's all one big giant long word. I know it's a lot. To, <laughs> to, it's a lot to type. Sorry about that. Uh, but you only have to do it once, and then the rest. Then after that, you won't have to put in so much. And go to my profile. And you'll see a link on there. I think it says linktree dot something or other. And if you click on that, it'll take you to where I, I tell you, okay, I do readings. Here are the kinds of readings I do. It'll tell you to contact me if you want, uh, if you're interested in my mentoring. And when I say mentoring, I mean, some people come to me because they want to learn human design and I do it one-on-one. -on -one. I don't give people videos to watch. That's just... It's, I think you're best served by having the experience. You can, you can ask me questions. We can interact. And that is just a much better experience than, you know, oh, I heard some words. Oh, uh, you know, that's, that's my approach to it. I like to make a lot of connections for people. So mentoring with me is a very all-inclusive. Maybe you come to me because you have something that you want to you know, discover in more about your human design chart. And you want to really know how it applies to you or some specific situation and uh, work with people on, on that level as well. Um, I like to work with people on developing consciousness and I like to work with people with respect to self-actualization and the spiritual journey. Um, I think that's amazing. So you can find me on all, all, all kinds of information. I do three different levels of reading. I'm not, I don't think I'm doing the, the most expensive one right now. It's so time consuming. Uh, I've been really busy. But uh, yeah, I have one, like $70. It's the Deep Explorer. And it's a, it's a very good place to start. And I send you a written version. In, um, it's in a PDF file, but if you want, I can send it in MS Word so you can make notes for yourself as you go along in your journey you have something an outline to follow kind of so uh, you can go my website tells you more about me um because some people like to know that kind of stuff so there's quite a bit on there my whole adventure with human design oh i didn't mention did i i, I studied with shaitan parkland for three years i studied uh, one day a month for eight hours so 300 hours with him. It was an amazing, and person to person, I mean, face to face, because he lived just a few miles from me. Uh, that was, a, that's, I think that's part of why I think it's so important to have the personal contact while you're studying. 
And so they, if they want that information, that's Human Designs Systems System Pro for more. Right. And, I, and if you want to go to the website, it's that same big giant long word <laughs> dot com. Awesome, Kip. We hope you'll come back and teach us some more. Thank you so much. Oh, okay. And thanks again for having me, Evangeline. Bye.